Frank. I'm scared. James, don't be scared. There's absolutely nothing in this world to be afraid of right now. Well, <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, okay, well, I, I, I'm actually not scared of... Uh, now that you mention, I'm scared of everything, but I am... <laughs> uh, I, I'm scared to release this app. I'm worried. Oh. I'm petrified. Oh. I, I hmm. don't know... I did all the things. I think I did all the things that uh, I needed to do, Frank. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about is, is this, it, it's approved, Frank. Apple approved Oh, no. Oh, God. You, you have cold feet. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> it's in the state right now in which I just have to press a button and it's into the world. But now I'm like, but do I have enough? Do I have enough of all the things out there? Do I have the right things in place? So let's step back a little bit. So I've been building an app. Frank's been building many apps over the years. And, and I was talking on the Xamarin podcast. Um, I don't think it'll be out yet. I think it comes out this Friday. Um, but I was saying that how this is my first real app that I've built in a long time because I built some apps for Seton when I worked for them. Those were real apps. I also built apps for Xamarin. Uh, those are real apps, like the Xamarin Evolve conference applications. Um, I've also built smaller real apps, so Meetup Manager, Scoreboard. But this app feels like one of the larger real applications that I've built. It has a, a working backend that I'm going to have to pay for. People's data is going to move from one device to another device. I have implemented encryption. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> um, I Don't have to check the checkbox. Yep. Uh, encryption checkbox done. Uh, I've tested set encryption and it works. It's very nice. Um, and it's a multi-platform app. I have a website. Um, and, and I feel as though I feel worried to some extent, like, did I do enough? Do I have the right legal things in practice? Do I have the nice FAQ? Are, are people going to buy it? So there's many fear levels. And I want to start with the first thing, which is, am I covered when it comes to privacy policy and terms and service? Because Frank, I saw that you have a privacy policy and it's very, very nice. And here's what's, what, what got me to this point of fear. Number one, you know, long legal documents. Um, because I went to go submit my app to Google and on Google, you fill out all the, you know, the surveys and all this stuff. And then there's this, there's this little question that says, do you think that you'll inadvertently <laughs> advertise your application to children under 13? And I go, I don't think I'm advertising or inadvertently advertise, <laughs> or I don't think I'm advertising at all. That's not my intention in any way. And then it, it has the, the COPA or the COPA or whatever. Uh, legal thing. It's like, you know, make sure you don't have information. And I'm like, that's a scary word. And I kind of freaked out and I go, do I have the websites in place, the things in place? So let's start there, Frank, when it comes to my fears of releasing this app. <laughs> and let's see if I'm covered. You know, when you first started out, I was preparing bullet point after bullet point of, I'm going to guess you have this fear. I'm going to guess you have that fear. I was not ready for the legalities. Am I, um, yeah, am I writing an app geared toward children or just an app that I, it's okay if children use? I, I yeah. hate that distinction. Honestly, the whole age rating system is just such a 
joke. Like, it's... <laughs> Talk about security theater. This is <laughs> nanny theater. But um, so, but the thing is, they are laws, and countries have laws, and you have to obey the laws. So it's a, it's a legit fear. It's all good. Unfortunately, I'm not a lawyer. I can't address those for yeah. you. Um, but I think it's pretty obvious that you're not going to advertise for kids. I don't know. Maybe put up, please be, I don't know, James, I'm not a lawyer. That's terrible. That's terrible. Don't release this app. It's it's not worth it. No, I'm just kidding. Make sure you release the app under a business and not yourself so that if someone does sue it, it's the business getting sued and not you. That's the only legal advice I have. But I think... Um, I think overall, um, the advice I wanted to give, and this is definitely advice that I'm going to say out loud because I want to say it to myself, is just release the stupid app. Um, you can't guess at all the things that you're missing because, A, it's been a while since you released an app. B, it's a new app. Uh, C, it's a new app. Like, you don't know what you're going to miss. <laughs> so I think the rest of this episode is going to be me just trying to convince you to click that button during the episode. No. But the age thing has me freaked out. <laughs> yeah. So so I, what I did is I went and I Googled. I said mobile application terms of service. And I found a template and copied and pasted that onto my website. And the private privacy policy I already had in place. Um, so there's a few things that I did here from the legal point to, to prepare for launch. And, and I don't know if you do this yourself either, but obviously you have to have a privacy policy and you have a privacy policy on all of your websites. And it's very similar to mine. Um, I don't, you know, I don't collect personally identifiable information. Um, I don't you know track anything, anything like that. Right. Um, this app was a little bit weird because a feature request came in from one of my users to um, enable you to add to your little digital profile, which is just like numbers and stuff and like a nickname. So I, I put nickname because it's not supposed to be your name. It's a nickname. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to be clear. Please don't use your name. Nothing don't personally use identifiable. <laughs> nickname. Um, yes. And all identifiers are just GUIDs and stuff. But they want to do um, have their Nintendo Switch ID. And that's how you... Like I would give you my yeah, switch ID ugh. and then things like that. So that's um yeah. not necessarily personally identifiable, but I was like, that's still somewhat yeah. information that is unique to you as a person. So the first thing I did is I encrypt that now. So that's encrypted end to end, um, which is really mm -hmm. cool. Um, I can't, I can't see your switch number. No one else can see your switch number. Um, it, it's really cool. Um, very, very cool. Oh, cool. Um, and then I added the privacy policy into the application. When you go to create your account in quotes, I say that by creating this, you agree to the terms of service and privacy policy. That's a pretty good idea, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think actually by the act of installing your application, they already agree to that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there is a blanket terms of service that comes with every App Store app. And if you dig around in App Store Connect, you can find it. Yeah. Or it's probably there in the App Store, too. <laughs> There's probably a link somewhere. But every app that you publish through Apple, at least, uh, Google might be different here, uh, comes with a terms of service. Yeah, and I think I think, I think think Google's the same, too. Um, and so I did all that. So I think I'm pretty covered. I feel very good about that. So alleviated, Frank. I feel good about that. Now, good. How do we feel about open source licenses inside of applications? Because <laughs> that's the other thing I'm <laughs> into is I use I use a bunch of third party libraries, right? And I've ported a bunch of code from other GitHub repositories. 
It's all fine. I mean, you've been really good about giving credit screens. I assume you did this in in this app because it's almost like second nature to you. Uh, did you do a credit screen? So what I ended up doing uh, here is I um, I did a credit screen. So I did get a. So the biggest part of this application is this prediction model, and one of these um, there's a few people that. Uh, ported some code from the switch and C++ and then someone ported it to JavaScript and then a community member ported it to C sharp <laughs> for me. So many oh layers boy. of port. Um, I'm sure there were unit tests the whole way, right? You're sure these predictions, I mean, they're predictions, so they should be hundred percent accurate. That's correct. No, there's no unit test anywhere. I'm against the unit test. Um, so I got to ship this app, Frank. Uh, so there's a few uh -huh. things. The first thing is I was using some custom fonts and, um, those I, I would either need to buy or I would need to um, license those. So I decided to pay somebody to make me a custom font instead of licensing a font because wow. the license was expensive. Uh huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you paid someone to make you a font. That's yeah. cool. We, we should be doing a whole episode on that. We'll save that for next week. It was really cool. I just went on Fiverr, found an awesome person, and now they're in my app, right? Really cool. Um, now, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm freaking out because sorry side topic fonts are huge it turns out there's a lot of letters out there so i'm just impressed that you were able to get a custom one done yeah 24 hour turnaround it was amazing jeepers uh, i mean it was it's it's not like it's not a one-to-one -one exactly what i wanted but it's really close and i like it so for whatever. 80, 80 yeah. bucks or whatever i'm in so on my github because i'm building in the open the creator of the javascript library um brian he pinged and said hey um, you know, you should add a light, you should add my license to your project. And I was like, oops, right. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I add, I, I tended to do that in some point. Um, mm -hmm. however, I, I forgot to add attribution and license and yeah, Mike Bryant is, is the guy's name. Super cool dude. He does turn it, this turn up profit stuff. And, um, he was very nice about it. And in fact, you know, I, I just hadn't gotten around to it. So what I do, I don't know what you do, but what I do is I, since it's open source, I created a folder called licenses and I download everybody's license at time of distribution and I would update them. And then inside the mobile application, I have a like, you know, made possible by I give attribution to a bunch of people, but then licenses every single library I use that has a license, you can click on it and then see the license. And I think that's what you're supposed to do. I think you're taking it a tiny bit too far. I don't think you have to show the source code license in the user interface itself. And yet, James, that's beautiful. Like, that's just job well done. So it's fine. <laughs> but I, I think that that's, you know, technically every license is unique. It's own little flower. And you would have to read each one to find out its rules. But I think uh, for like the Apaches and the MITs, I don't think you have to show the license in the user interface, just in the source code. Um, but otherwise, uh, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. I create a licenses folder and I <laughs> haven't run into this too much, but I have been called out on it for a couple of my open source projects. People will come by and be like, Hey, noticed you copy and pasted some source code there, buddy. <laughs> why don't you, uh, why don't you put the license in there too? Like we said you had to do. I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> and, um, do you, do you, do you put the, do you put the license into the source code header or just into your yeah. repo is good enough? Oh no, into it. 
It depends. Well, it depends. If it's just one file that I stole from someone, 100%, just put it into the source code, lickety split. Um, but technically, you might still need to have a link to it. It's a little unclear sometimes if that's 100 million percent uh, abiding by the license. So I think definitely the safest way to go, though, is um, the licenses folder that from your license, you point to the licenses folder also. Got it. Yeah, that's, that's sort of what I did. And then on my readme, of the application, I give shout outs to every single person and Mike Bryant and also the contributor. I have no idea what his name is, Sparky108. No idea <laughs> who this person is. Nope. Steve. His name is Steve in London. That's all I know. His only contributions on GitHub are to my repository. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Technically, it, it, yeah, most licenses have at the top of them the attribution name to use. But I notice and myself included here, a lot of people just cut that part off. So yeah, it leaves you hanging a little bit. Um, that's funny. I username, that's fine. It's, they chose it. Yeah. I um I, I I so I put that in there. I've also really enjoyed um I've really enjoyed since since this i've yelled so one thing i did so here's some good practice of what i've done so i not only included mike bryant's um github um his turn it profit uh, website and his um attribution i love that github you can click on the license so his is his is the only one that's apache license too everything else is mit and i know mit is like do whatever it doesn't care almost <laughs> Apache too, I'm never really sure, but it's really nice. It says permissions, commercial, modification, distribution, patent use, private use. So I'm like, that's pretty good. Um, I like that. But I did one other thing. I became his GitHub sponsor. Look at you. Wow. Share it. You're, you're trickling down that economy. All those millions you've made from not releasing this app. All I'm going already, to that developer. I'm already in the. I'm already in the red. I'm already in the red. We are not putting the cart before the horses at all, folks. Not one <laughs> bit. You know what else I like to do is I also like to, inside of there, I only I also put links to the code, but I put links to like font awesome. I put links to the um, person on Fiverr that did my custom font, and I put a link to the custom artwork, the artist that did it. I, I just like to give back. That's what my apps are all about, I guess. <laughs> but I'm like, I kind of feel <laughs> okay. like I got to do it. I don't know. Um, you absolutely do not have to do this. Everyone out there trying to release an app. This is James going a little bit OCD and a wonderful, just an expression of your personality and the way you love to give to people. It's really great. It makes the app very personal, very James app. But I hope, I hope to goodness sake that you have analytics in there and you can see how many people click through there. And I, I, I hope you'll be wonderfully surprised to see. So I also added analytics at the last minute. Um, I already had you know, App Center analytics, but now I track um, these other things in my about page. Um, but it had me thinking of, all right, I got the licenses. I got the terms of service. I'm feeling pretty good. I have a website, Frank. I have a website. Yeah, um, we did a whole app. Yeah, we've done multiple episodes on trying to make our websites for our app. So we, we can leave that one unspoken, but it's a lot of work, huh? Yeah, I, I, uh, I found a website called apptoolkit.io. It's a little out of date now, but they Is do it, a lot of cool stuff. They look good stuff. to me. No, no, no. Just like they sort of stopped updating the device frames and the resolutions and stuff. So I, 
Yeah, I did notice that. And in fact, it was a little funny. So just to clarify, everyone, uh, we did a whole episode on a website that we both wish we had. And there are a few offerings out there. Uh, You found a pretty decent one. It's a little expensive for my taste, but it's a good one. It does what you wanted. And the uh, funny thing is, well, it generates a good looking website. The funny thing for me, James, was all my screenshots already had device outlines. So I have like all these device outlines within device outlines. And I'm like, hmm. Still looks good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I um, the, the, I just use the free version of it. And this is one thing. This is also the first time my app has those cool looking screenshots, which is the app inside of, the, inside of a device with text on it. And this website gives you most of the things. I still needed to go do a bunch of custom work, but um, I, I took a lot of time. Do you spend a lot of time on these things? Because this is part of my process of releasing this app now. A ton, and every time you update the app, uh, every time you update the app, you have to work on your screenshots too, because there's always new screenshots that they want. Like the 12.9 fourth generation iPads came out, and that required all new screenshots. The 6.5 inch iPhone came out, that requires new screenshots. So getting a hold of your screenshots is an art unto itself, and it's something I've gotten better at over the years. I use a program called Sketch, which is kind of a general purpose 2D vector graphics app. The nice thing about it is you're able to do multiple exports, multiple pages, you're able to configure things for different sizes. So I have pretty elaborate screenshot files all saved up in a sketch so that I can quickly generate the multiple resolutions required so that I can use symbols so I can change things like um, fonts and frames easily. You know, (laughs) it's a system that started out with a few scripts and has evolved into all this stuff, but (laughs) screenshots are just a mess, honestly. Yeah, that was my, my fear is I sort of just generated it all from this website, but I had to do some custom work and I'm like, this one doesn't look as good as that one, but we'll kind of see how it plays out. To answer your question, I spend at least a day, usually multiple days on just screenshots not talking about anything else. It was a weekend yeah. project for real. Mhm. Yeah. Well, because first you got to think about what you want to show to people. Back in the day there used to be a rule of your screenshots were actually screenshots like of in the app, but we've seemed to have thrown that rule out. Um I saw Microsoft really flaunting it. Um they did it wasn't an office release, but maybe it was maybe it was office, the latest office release. They had like four or five screenshots. And none of the screenshots really made sense by themselves. But when you put them side by side, they made Mm. one big screenshot. And I was like, wow, Microsoft really showing off the fact that screenshots aren't screenshots anymore. But that used to be a rule, like a screenshot really had to be a screenshot. Yeah. And that's what all my apps have been. So this is like the first time I've released an app where I'm like, I'm going to do all the other things. Like I've always had a privacy policy, but I'm like, I'm going to do the other things. So I'm going to spend a day, a weekend building the website, getting the screenshots. And I also had to make sure that the screenshots didn't have like junk data in it because I gave this app. So Frank told me to put the emoji status so people could put emojis in in their application. And how long did it take for someone to put an inappropriate emoji into my application, Frank? How do you get an inappropriate? Are there inappropriate emojis? Am I not privy to some dark emoji world there are emojis that look like bits from 
from people's bodies, Frank. I was not aware of the sub this this naughty subculture of emojis, James. So I thought you were going to do a limited set anyway. I thought in that discussion we said a limited set. You know, I should have because technically emojis aren't universal across every operating system, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, screw it. I should have did a limited set, but I just you you can do up to two emojis. You just put them in there, or uh-huh. or a few characters. Technically, I said emojis. Yeah. And funnily enough, it's just a text field, so anyone could put anything technically. But everyone's put emojis so far, so that's cool. Um, I do people no do validation. What you tell them. I do no validation at all. So and people have been using hmm. it, but I had to go and I had to edit a few things in there because someone put silly things. Okay. But yeah, knocking so it out. Let, let's get to my fears. We've done enough of your fears for the moment. Oh, I haven't um, even started on my fears. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, I just want to interject then. Um, I remember when Reddit first started out and it was almost like a website st- running on a laptop kind of basically. And I remember the people babysitting it and just, you know, every night it would crash. They'd have to restart it, constantly doing manual backups of data, babysitting. My goal when I release an app or a server or anything is to not have to babysit it. (laughs) And (laughs) I think that um, in your case, because this is an app with a network component, with a server component, you did a great job. It's been tested. But those are the things that would scare me a bit, the the babysitting part. Like, am I going to have to moderate this in case someone puts an eggplant in or something? Is that the one? Is it an eggplant, James? It is is an eggplant. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) I guessed right. Okay, uh, so um, are you going to do like moderation, babysitting? I don't think I, I don't think I can, to be honest with you. I mean, I guess I could put, you know, I, I could, I guess I could look at the data and and pull things out. You know, that that was some of my other fears was, uh, this is an app that people are going to pay for. So how do I give proper feedback? Right, and I think I learned a lot from you. So. In the app, I have five, I have a lot of buttons, Frank, on the about page. So <laughs> I have, here we go. Ready? Um, but before we go into that, let's actually take a break because Frank, I need, <laughs> okay. a, I need a mental break before I do this. So let's thank our sponsor this month um, or this week, this month, the whole month, who cares? Um, <laughs> this week is Preemptive, a brand new sponsor to the podcast. I'm super excited to have Preemptive on um, really cool. They've done some blog posts on the Xamarin blog a bunch. Um, which is really cool. And they help protect your applications. Funnily enough, we're both trying to release applications. But Preemptive is here. They are the creators and makers of DotFuscator. Frank, you know DotFuscator. DotFuscator. DotFuscator is famous. DotFuscator has been in Visual Studio my whole life. I don't know. It feels like it. <laughs> it has. That's correct. It's been in the box of Visual Studio since 2003. Can you believe that? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> okay. 17 years. Yeah. It helps protect your apps from reverse engineering and tampering, right? So Dobfuscator has this long history as the first .NET obfuscator. Now, this means that Preemptive has an extensive support for all .NET platforms, including Xamarin, .NET Core, and basically anything, including when you build your applications in Azure DevOps. Now, whether you're protecting a long, mature application or that's maybe facing some new risks or a new application that you haven't even released yet, it's like they made this ad for me. Listen, DotFuscator has you covered. You can visit preemptive, P-R-E-E-M-P-T-I-V-E dot com slash merge to get your free professional grade trial. 
Um, honestly, just go give it a look. They have like a community edition, they have a whole bunch of stuff. And again, it's in the box. Uh, preemptive.com slash emerge. There's also a link in the show notes below. So go check out preemptive and sell them that uh, James and Frank sent you. And I'm sure that they would appreciate that. So thanks to preemptive for sponsoring this week's pod. Thanks preemptive. Yeah, James, cool. I love to decompile stuff and Dotfuscator has been my nemesis for years. It's amazing technology. I really pride myself in my ability to beat it and I never can beat it. That is such good software. It's my nemesis. It's so good at what it does. I just wanted to give that shout out to my enemy. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. It's, it's, it's pretty exciting. So, uh, all right. So Frank, all right, here are the buttons. Ready? Yes. Support section. Uh, feature request button and email support button. I created a two separate, different buttons, two different buttons. Um, feature requests goes to a GitHub page where you can create an issue. That's cool. Ooh, uh, I, is I that good? At, um, because like public can't create issues. Can they public can't, you know, I tried to look for free alternatives and I couldn't find one. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem. Know. We got to make a website, James. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I was going to use uh, user voice, but I couldn't figure out how to find make a free one anymore. Yeah, user voice used to be free by default, and now I'm kind of grandfathered in. They really have uh, changed their business model over the years, and I honestly don't know how to get the free anymore. Yeah, I'm like, I can't, I can't figure it out. So, um, anyways, so email support. I created a new email address just Good. for support. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I, I generally reuse support email addresses because whatever, it, it's fine. It's okay if those email messages get mucked together. I'm just glad you did not putting like, you know, james at gmail.com or whatever your personal email address is. <laughs> that is, I did lock in james at gmail.com. That is correct. Yes. Did you get it? No, I don't have that. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. That would be okay. cool though. Uh, um, so those so two buttons. just I, I want to address the support before everyone shouts out like you should use this fancy web app thing. Yeah, um, I actually prefer email for support simply because I find that if all my support is in a web app, that web app has authentication. It's a place I have to go check every day and I have to build a habit to go check every day. Whereas if it just comes into email. You can't avoid email. I try desperately. <laughs> I've tried to model my life around getting away from email, and I can't do it. You can't get away from email, so you might as well just have all your support come into email. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, that's sort of how I feel uh, when it, yeah, when it comes to when to the emails. Like I'm just going to do it. And 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 what's cool about this is I was in your source code, and this is when I figured this out. I was in your source code advice circuit, and you had an email button, and you attached like some information you put some you put some default information in there so i was like that's really smart i'm gonna put like the app um you know a version number i'm gonna put in um you know some information about the user um so i can identify them I, they can attach like some information from the application if they choose to do so um i just thought that'd be nice because if someone just opens a ticket it's like who are you right and i actually have a database of users so i need to know like, hey, give me your public key and I can like look something up. So I put that in there and we'll see if that works. So I'm kind of excited about it. Oh, that has been wonderful for me um, because 100% people will not give you any of those details unless you ask for them or just shove them into the email by default. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really happy that you picked up on that. That has really saved me a lot. People will send me an email saying, you know, this crazy bug happened in this crazy thing. I'm like, I've never heard of that. And then I'll see that they're using an iPhone 4 running 
iOS 8. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> um, and the next thing here is, so I did a long beta process. I've been betaing this application with users, even before I had the back end, um, um, for about 35 users, maybe 40 users with App Center on iOS and Android for the last two and a half weeks. And I was like, you know, I'm getting ready to release this app. And it's very one way. It's like, here's new apps. And I know people are using it, but I have no, do they like it? Do they not like it? <laughs> you give me ratings. So I created a little survey and I put it out and I emailed everybody. I put it in the app. Like I did a little pop-up. I said, survey time, like, please help me out, you know? Um, and barely anyone filled it out, but you know, there's that. <laughs> um, but I did a survey, like how much would you pay for this application? And pe most people said they pay for it and that blew my mind. So that's cool. Um, mm -hmm. most people gave things four or five star ratings. So there's some improvements I can do there on some of the features. And then I did like the magic wand question. So under support, I have a more Island tracker and I have three buttons, survey, mm, newsletter, uh, and then share with friends. This is my new thing. Three things. How did I do? I think the analytics is going to show the first two are never clicked and the third one is clicked sometimes. Yeah. I think the third one's your biggest bet. Uh, network effects, aside from big bloggers talking about your app, are basically the best thing you can hope for in an app is to get that network effect. Um, see, the first two were so bad, I've already forgotten them. Can you remind me what they were? <laughs> survey and then i created a newsletter on no. mailchimp okay well uh, let me address the first one survey no one's gonna click that oh if you said survey i'll give you a dollar then people would do it but other than that no not gonna happen but that might be me being a pessimist i'll admit i've never put a survey button in the app but you saw even when he threw a survey in people's face they didn't want to take it so that'll be yeah, even when i emailed them directly and i said it's only one minute it's only <laughs> they're all zero to one five stars this will be so quick it's the shortest survey you've ever taken in your life i think people are a little burnt out on growth hacking we're just like i've been growth hacked out i'm i'm, I'm growth hacked up um so but I, I will be interested to hear i think you should go for it but maybe put button three above button one um and then button two i already forgot again <laughs> newsletter i hate email james i hate email more than anything else on this planet i i stepped in dog poop the other day and i was like well that's not as bad as email that's right <laughs> some people love newsletters no am i crazy i i was like what's a free newsletter know. source mailchimp and i was like what if people want to get updates about the application I guess I'll have it Do you installed. really want to publish a newsletter, James? I don't are, are know. Are you writing an app or are you starting a newsletter? Do you see how scared I am to release this? I think I, I need all Take the things. Out. Take that out. Take no. it out, James. <laughs> At least the survey has a business purpose. The newsletter is just busy work. That's true. Um, yeah. If you want to annoy people, just enable notifications or something. Oh, hmm. uh, okay. I, th th those are my opinions. <laughs> Feel free to do as you wish, <laughs> but those were my knee-jerk knee reactions to those. Uh, but anything you can do, obviously, to amplify the network effect is worth doing. Okay, yeah, we'll see. I mean, here's the thing: is let's say let, let's say I'm lucky and ten people buy the application. Let's say all ten of them sign up for all these things. That'd be pretty good, no? Well, 
That'd be good. And then I'll prove you sure. wrong, Frank. Ha. But <laughs> so you did could, you hear my enthusiasm in that <laughs> silence? <laughs> so, but here's, here's, here's how my brain worked, right? Immediately, I thought, okay, now I'm worried because, like, I'm worried. What if the newsletter is so popular and I win an award and I have to go on TV shows all the time. No. I mean, really, I should start focusing on working on my image. I mean, there's a lot you should do before this app is released. You should what, what I was worried about, Frank Krueger, is I was worried that um, I would have no way of letting people know if there's like a service outage or I need to update or like new features are coming. or so, I don't know. And I, and I freaked out. And I was like, what, okay, what can I do? Right. And then I, I did that. So, oh, geez. Um, this is all valid stuff. Um, but I'm going to put this up to wedding jitters. So <laughs> I've never been married. But I assume people get wedding jitters. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. comedies mostly sure um but <laughs> i think um uh, you you should just release the app james i don't know how to justify this any differently <laughs> all of this stuff is problems you'll adapt to very quickly yeah. number one people are forgiving they just paid a bunch of money for your app they want it to work they want it to do well as long as you have decent error messages i assume you tested it when the network wasn't working So just make sure you have a decent error message there. Make sure that email support button works. That one doesn't break. And honest to goodness, people will email you if it's broken, and then you deal with it. And if they give you a bunch of one-star reviews, you do an update, and you erase those one-star reviews, and you move on with your life. That's true. Um, I I don't think you can guard yourself against every possibility. It'll either create a neurosis, or you'll never release the app, or both, like in my case. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm just talking to myself right now release the app <laughs> so worried um okay so all right so i'm feeling okay frank all right so we have all right, 30 all right. testers 30 testers is a lot you said you had 30 testers at about 30 testers yeah across iOS. it's plenty right? james yeah yeah and people use it's it. a cross-platform release that's fun too this is really exciting it's very complicated yeah i'm, uh, I'm a little worried um <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Uh, so here's a I, few other fun facts for you that I did is, is you when you release to Google now, they do this pre mm, pre app analysis. This was fun. Um, I realized that mm, I uploaded, so I did release an app bundle from, from app center, which was fun. So I did that and actually reduced my app size by 40%, which is awesome. No work, just a checkbox. Um, and then they have these pre-test runs, and I realized that for some reason in their pre-test runs, the App Center distribution stuff was still getting run. So I turned that off. Um, they, they like run your app on all these emulators of different sizes, so you can see all the different, your fonts are way too big on tiny devices or way too small on big devices things. But it also shows you if you have performance issues, you have accessibility issues, and if your app crashes. And I was using an older library, and... Um, it was, it was crazy because it showed my app crash on older Android six libraries. I didn't do anything. I just uploaded my app and they just run your stuff on it. So in my freak out to release, Google caught me, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I have done all the release mistakes. And so that's why I was trying to say like, it's okay if you make a mistake you know it's gonna happen it does happen no matter how hard you try but that's absolutely wonderful to hear so that's all under the google play console web app thing yeah yeah 
I don't know how I missed that because I just uploaded an app and I didn't get to see all those cool features. I'll have to take another look. Uh, I, I got a little confused. Like, what do you mean distribution stuff happened? What did you mean by that? Oh, so in App Center, you can add the distribution SDK. And when you do that, that enables your beta testers to basically get a little prompt to say there's a new update available. Oh, and that was happening on your release builds or on your... On my release builds, yeah, to the App Store. Yeah. Whoops. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I put a little flag in there and I said, is 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 store? And if you are is store, then don't don't enable it, basically. Is this something everyone has to worry about? Or only if you use that distribution SDK thing? I don't know, because on iOS, I didn't have any problems at all. And like, it didn't come up at all. But on Android, it did. Maybe it's because it was the emulators. I'm not really positive. It's kind of weird. My hmm. my thinking is that how App Center does it. And I think is that it looks to say where this is how this is why. Um, and this is why I needed to disable it, because these checks, these pre-tests, we're all failing because the app center thing was triggering. So I believe how app center does it, it says, was my app side loaded? And if my app was side loaded, then register and kick off the thing. And, that makes sense. But if I came from the app store, then don't worry about it or, or test flight or something. And, um, and that's the problem is they sideload the applications onto these emulators. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was the thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I want to, I want these free tests, which are obviously just running for me. I want those to be, of value to me so kind of crazy so you have a website you have validation that the app works you have 30 beta testers some of which said they'd be willing to give you upwards of 50 cents for the app <laughs> yes what's left what else is holding you back um delete account that's what's holding me back currently uh see this is kind of what i meant by moderation and babysitting every time i've released a website with accounts i'm just like oh gosh Delete account, change email address, confirm email address, sign in with Google, sign in with Twitter. Uh, what else have we got? <laughs> Text message authenticate. Yes, second forms of ID. It just, it grows and it grows. So delete, yeah, that sounds important. Um, how do people initiate delete? Just manually themselves? So that's a good question, Frank, and I'm glad that you asked. Um, so right now they have to email me and ask to delete your account. <laughs> no, no, this is babysitting. Of all the things we've covered today, this is the one thing I would actually change is put that as a UI feature. Re remember, your goal is to not have to do anything after the release. Yeah, so that's the one thing I wanted to put in the app. So right now, I, what I would need to do is update the back end to basically cleanse all your data in a way yeah a cascading delete yeah. they're nasty yeah uh well i guess you can do it the email way but you better get working on that function that yeah. cascading delete function it there's not that much data i would delete your account there's a few tables in which i need to like go and cleanse um mm -hmm. i mean i could just delete yeah no i need to cleanse all of it basically yeah yeah, you want to do a proper delete. The expectation. I know a lot of people argue for soft deletes, but I think if you're doing a public app like this, the expectation is a proper delete. Yeah. That's the one thing, I guess. Yeah, that, that's well, my biggest fear. I have a button at least. <laughs> well, the good news is, 
ideally, people won't be deleting their accounts on day one. Though, just anecdotally, um, <laughs> we were talking about learning languages uh, last week. I think it was last week. And I downloaded like four or five different language apps. And they were all kind of terrible because they require you to have a user account. And so I created and deleted like four or five different user accounts pretty darn quickly. So I was about to argue, well, hopefully people won't be deleting accounts too quickly too soon. Yeah. But that said, ooh, if they're like me, maybe they will be. Yeah. I did this other thing, which is transfer accounts. So I did put in this, funnily enough, um, it is like, let's say you get a different device. Let's say you buy a new iPhone. Like, ideally, you're going to plug in your iPhone and then transfer it. And like, it would just work, but I don't really know about the backups and things like that. Like how the iCloud backup, if that'll work, if it won't work, cause it's in the keychain, but is it in the iCloud keychain? I don't think so. Would it even be able to decrypt correctly? Um, Can I give answers just for, just for our audience's edification real sure, quick? Go for it. If you, if you put files in the documents folder that gets thrown into their backup when they back up their phone, if you put in a keychain, keychain gets backed up when they back up their phone. So as long as they restore from a backup, all, all that comes for free, just magically for free. iCloud keychains a little different, whereas it's always keeping in sync instead of relying on a backup system. But in general, as long as you put things in keychain or the documents folder, you can rely on iOS doing backups. That makes sense. Yeah. I think on Android, it's a little bit complicated because I don't know. There's, I don't know. There's, so there's, so there's some problems there, but like I did this thing, you're going to, you're going to laugh at this. So I basically have a way of exporting your, your user credentials and re-importing them. And I make you tap on a button 25 times to do, to like get the prompt. Really? <laughs> it's like really hidden. I don't know why I did that. I just did it. Why did I do that? Frank? You I'm gamers so are so weird. Cause you're a Nintendo user. That's so weird. <laughs> I'm just like tap on this button 25 times. Cause I'm an idiot. I don't know. That's so weird, James. But it gives the app personality. Uh, do you do a cute animation at least while you're tapping? <laughs> no, just a prompt. No, you have to know to like tap on the created by 20 times. I don't no, know. Why did James, I do this? No, I did that's it. Did it. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to use that word. Um, the UI could be improved in this case. <laughs> <laughs> the user experience is not 100% efficient or discoverable. This is true. This is true. Ah. Simplicity. Every command of giant button with the name of the command on it. Keep your UI simple, everyone. If you I have know. to hide a feature, don't put the feature in the app. <laughs> I, I mean, I've used the feature personally, so that's good. <laughs> I love that so much. Can we call this episode 25 Taps to Profit? That's pretty much it. Yeah, now I'm really uh, worried. I'm just, I'm so worried about everything, Frank. Why am I so worried no, about stop. everything? You're worried because there's a lot of pride involved. You open this episode by calling this a real app. And James, if I can be clear, there's no such thing as a real app. All that you actually mean is you care about this app and you really hope that other people like it. And you have a lot of, well, you're self uh, brought uh, tied up in it a little bit of you're putting yourself out there there's a artistic fear of exposing yourself there is a professional fear of people have very high opinions of you and your programming capabilities and if it crashes on day one that's gonna be super embarrassing bro so don't <laughs> let that happen 
So that, that's why these are all just human things. You know, th- th- now's a great time to be a sociopath and just be like, this is my art, people. Deal with it on my art's own terms. <laughs> I'm so worried. I'm so worried about everything, Frank. Help Even me. with that motivational speech. <laughs> no, I think that's good. I mean, I'm definitely still worried about everything in life. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, more importantly, that's what I really have to do. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, I don't know, I just started to go down this rabbit hole, right? Is like, did I did I have enough testers? Did I get enough feedback? Did I, you know, do I have the right well, screenshots? Here, James, do I have the let way? me answer those. No, you did not. Not nearly enough testers for a reasonable sample size. No, screenshots can always be improved. Uh, there are a million bugs in your app that people uh, will find on day one. No. Uh, and yeah, you did forget a lot of things and how embarrassing. So anyway, oh. release your app. Okay. <laughs> well, folks, we will see if by next week, uh, well, friends, oh, we will that's... see by next week if we have released this application and if I still have a cell phone, we'll see. That's how I drop a cell phone on the ground. So, These perfect. are auspicious beginnings. I, I like it. Yeah. Everything's coming up, James. Let me ask you a question here, Frank. Do, do you have any of these same fears or quirks when you are releasing an app or am i just in the weird minority here of just oh uh 100 okay um that last little speech i gave was really to myself i i totally forgot who i was even talking to at that point that was just a motivational speech for myself uh for me i worry a lot less about the technicalities the meta um i think the one thing that i've learned over time is don't stress about an app until it's successful mm. <laughs> If you release an app and five people download it, won't you feel silly for stressing about all these things? This is true. And this is true. Yeah. And if you release the app and a thousand come out. So anyway, yeah, these 100%, um, I'm certainly stuck right now. I don't know if I'm in the feature creep stage or the I'm trying to hit perfection because I care about everyone's opinions and I want everyone to be wowed at every minute. And I definitely feel like I'm putting myself out there. <laughs> definitely feel like I care about people's opinions of my work. Um, I think those are the ones I fear the most, but um, that's not true. The one I fear the most is that the app just won't sell. That I spent all this time, all this effort. I did all the right things, James. I put up a website. I did the screenshots. I had 30 beta testers. And yet, five people downloaded the app. That's the f- true fear. And you know what? That's the fear I want to get over quickest. And the only way to get over that fear, James, is to release the app. (laughs) So what you're saying is that I should probably wait another week, make sure I get additional feedback, and then maybe release the app. Yeah, you should stay up all night and think about all the best apps out there and things that they've done and try to replicate all that before you release your app. Got it. (laughs) Got it. Okay, this sounds great. Okay, perfect. Okay. So I think one thing that I am listening is or learning about, I did learn some babysitting steps. So I like the idea of implementing the delete account thing. That seems easy to do. Yeah. And even then you can do an update because you're going to do a 1.1. No, no 1.0 survives. So just prepare, be prepared. You're going to do a 1.1. So you, that can be on the 1.1 list, but just be ready to do the 1.1. But yeah. All right, Frank. I think we did it. I you think clicking that button right now. No, I'm adding a new feature to the application. Right now. <laughs> yeah, filing some bugs I just found. Yeah. No, I know. I'm being silly. Um, but that is an amazing credit screen, and I can't wait to read your newsletter. 
Good. I'm glad. I hope that you're my first subscriber. So <laughs> none of your beta testers signed up. <laughs> no, of course not. Actually, I don't know. Let's check Mailchimp. Um, I'm sure that nobody is gone. I'm being to that a jerk page. now. <laughs> yes, you are being a jerk. Jerk face. No, but I love you. Let's see. Um, and the other thing I did, funnily enough, um, is you were talking about releasing under your own name. Here's the one thing that I need to decide. Well, I have one subscriber. Oh, my goodness. Woo. Better get publishing. All right. Um, that's cool. So unless that was Apple, maybe they were testing it and then they <laughs> removed it. Anyways. That's funny. Um, here was one thing. Actually, I can view contacts. Um, oh, it's myself. Okay. Well, so. you know, you, you should like yourself. No one's going to like you until you like yourself first. James. That's right. Uh, so I did do something. Frank. So we can talk about this as a final uh, step because you made an important point, which is release this under an LLC or your business and not yourself. So on Google, this is very easy because you just type in the name in which you want to publish it under. Easy peasy. It's under my LLC. Uh, on Apple, I created my Apple account uh, a decade ago at this point, I think. <laughs> and I created it you know, under James Montemagno and I've released some apps here and there under my name, blah, blah, blah blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, you, you know. Um, now, I would say that the problem that I have had is um, that it still says my name. So I reached out to yeah. Apple, mm -hmm. and, and I always thought I needed to have an enterprise account to have a uh, my, my, my business name there. And that's not the case. That's actually false. You no. don't need that. Um, you, do right. you, have, Individual you have an enterprise or no? Individual. No, I have a no. I have a company account. Um, I, I'm not saying enterprise because I don't know if I can do those enterprise um, provisioning. I don't know if that's like an added feature or if I can do that. But either way, um, the price per year is the same between individuals and business accounts, so it doesn't really matter as and long the, as you have a business. And the difference is that you need a Duns number. A Duns. You too. <clears throat> Oh, this is so dumb, this world. Yeah. Uh, do you have one? Uh, so for those in America, Duns is just some private entity. It's almost like a credit firm, but they don't do credit. They just try to figure out if your business actually exists or not. And you get a Duns number. It's stupid, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. So I so I, I emailed Apple. I was very nice to Apple. I said, and Miles, what a sweet guy, emailed me back. I said, I said, hey, I'm currently listed under my name, but I would love my LLC. Here's all my information. Here's all my registrar in you know, Washington, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I'm an LLC. And, and I did notice that you can do that. And it's, you know, I want to change my organization name. And and uh, Miles, a uh, really cool spelling, by the way, M-Y-L-E-S. What a cool name. Cool. Um, yeah. He said, hey, I'm an, I'm an advisor, an advisor with the Apple developer program support. And that was cool. He said, Hey, give me your website, your Duns number. If you don't, don't know what it is, look it up here. Are you a co-founder, a founder? What's your organizational branch? What's, uh, mm -hmm. do you use a trade name? And then, you know, do you have an existing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And what's your tax ID, which is, you know, whatever. So I, I emailed him back and he said, Oh, that's great. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, thank you for providing me. And like, this was all like within a few hours. They were really good about it. Nice. He said, we were unable to determine even though I looked up my Dunn's number in the, on the Apple website, they were unable to verify the legal entity type of my company because my Dunn and Bradstreet, who are the people behind the Dunn number, the Dunn's number, 
Yeah. My profile's incomplete. So I said, okay, let me yeah. go over to DMB and I go over there. So I go over to the DMB website. May I interject, James? Go ahead. I have been through this Duns dance a lot in my life. That's why I was <laughs> saying the name like Duns like that before. I'm so tired of this company. They have screwed up my company information so many times and caused me so much hassle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, be glad you're not in the US. <laughs> so I, 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 so I went to the Duns website and I type in my information and sure enough, boom, there it is. And I'm like, cool, update it. Let me update it so I can fill in this information. And, um, it's, it's like, enter your information to make sure that it's, you're a real person. So I enter my information and it's like, yep, can't, can't validate that. Got to contact support. <laughs> what? And I was just like, oh geez. So anyway, I'm now in the state. So like now my other fear, like, do I release it and then update it later or vice versa? Oh, um, hmm. my personal opinion would be just release it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but try to update it, basically. Yeah, I would try to update it. The Duns, I've gone through this several times. Yeah, there's going to be phone calls. You'll probably end up having to fax something. It's just, it's 1980s tech going on over there. So have fun with that. Yeah, um, even when I say, like, having a company is legal protection... You, you still don't want to get sued. So you're, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to settle that kind of stuff. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Don't worry about it right now. Okay. That's, that's something not to worry about for right now. Okay. All right. Though everyone out there, if you are thinking about becoming app developers, go pay $75, get an LLC and do it that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Better. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right, I think that's You can it do me. this, James. I, I'm so excited for next week's episode when we talk about the thriving success that this app is, how it's disrupted the turnip market, how you made that headline story on Wired. Seattle native disrupts turnip market. Okay, Frank. <laughs> All right, thanks for being uh, supportive there, Frank. I appreciate that. This is going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Maybe next week I'll have a new app on the App Store. We'll see. Uh, as always, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.